Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember the name of the show? People to Pieces. There you go. And welcome to another edition of People to Pieces. And joining me is who? Lori Jones. How you doing today, Jones? I'm just fine, Mr. Carver. Well, stupid is on demand, and they certainly got a lot of supply of it. It's you know, it's it's funny because I remember you know it used to be the the whole I guess viral so to speak thing back in in the day was if somebody fell or you know or if there was something you know something comical you know and it was something that would give people a good laugh and I, I remember reading something recently that said that um, you know you're old when people don't laugh when you fall down. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I read, stop laughing when you fall down then you know you're old <laughs> yeah there you go there you go here's something that i thought was interesting because we, we we come with this society now that everybody is a winner everyone is a winner and so i was watching is it this this is a conversation that somebody had posted and they would this guy was talking about uh how bad his his uh son's school football team was he said well how i mean really could they be that bad they said, yeah, they they, they lost uh, 52 to nothing. Yeah. And he said, well, what happened the week before that? Oh, they lost uh, 48 to six. Yeah. Wow. He said, and then then another person posted, but then the week before that, they lost like 42 to nothing, right? And then somebody said, yeah, but at least they'll get a trophy. <laughs> 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 and I fell out. I was like, that's right. They'll get a trophy, all right, because we're all winners. <laughs> <laughs> then the dude said, "Oh, my son doesn't care. He doesn't really care anyway because he plays in the band." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, stupid stuff like that, or whatever. When people don't, you know, when people talk about, well, we can't allow people to, uh, you know, we don't want anybody to feel a certain way. And look, life is about competition. Let's be honest with you. And if competition is fair, now let's be clear: if it's fair competition then that's something different, right? Versus just competition and, you know, survival of the fittest type of thing, which is what happens when people are doing stuff that are deceitful and doing other things that, that hinder people's ability to be, to, to, to succeed. That's something totally different. But this idea that, you know, everybody gets a trophy. I was like, I remember I was in a ceremony and they gave out like 12 trophies from the, the winner to the top to the last place team. And I'm like, are you joking? How does that motivate them to try to do anything beyond just getting a 12th place trophy? Yeah, well, I think I think psychologists have um, stayed silent for too long. Dr. Because... Spock said he was wrong. Remember this. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's time for some input from psychologists on the long term effects of some of these of the things that have become normal. <laughs> You know, whether it's it's like you said, whether it's not if it's a fair competition, whether or not losing at one point wouldn't drive you to work harder or to become better or, you know, all those things, all the all the reasons why, you know, the 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 excellent athletes, you know, like the Michael Jordans or the you know people who got accused of being hard on their teammates, you know, are the right. ones that the teammates would say, yeah, but he made me play better, you know, or even an actor that says, well, Tony oh, this Kukos person said it. Tony Kukos, when he got inducted to the National Basketball Hall of Fame, said Michael Jordan rode him, rode him really hard, but it made him better. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the same thing for the entertainment industry. There are certain people who are actors that are like, yes, it was a really demanding director or it was a really, you know, demanding, um, you know, star of the show. But when you see the um, the the diligence with which they they approach whatever it is, the sport or their acting or whatever the case is, and then you're inspired to do the best that you can do it makes the whole situation, it makes the team win or it makes the movie better or it makes whatever, you know, that much better. And then everybody winds up, you know, winning in the end, you know, or getting their accolades because, you know, they're that much better off. But again, psychologists are the ones that have to weigh in. They have to start saying something when these things happen and not waiting for the long-term effects. Excuse me, I was choking on your nonsense. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 but you know, I do want to say this, Jones. I don't know. Have you been? Did you watch the Dave Chappelle special? Did you watch it yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, we then we can't really have a conversation about it because you know he's being canceled again. You know, he's. I he, heard he's being canceled by certain groups or whatever. And then we then we got into this whole big debate about cancel culture and who cancels who. And I and and the thing I loved about it was Dave Chappelle was like, "You're not canceling me, right? Who are you to cancel me?" <laughs> and not to say that he he he's he's coming from some elitist standpoint. Like, who do you who who are you to cancel me? Yeah, well, the the comment that I heard about I you know I don't know if that's the only reason that people are in an uproar, but. You know, we're, we're getting away from, um, we're getting to the point where someone states something that has been scientifically a fact, and then people argue over their feelings regarding it. And, you know, that, that for me, that, that's interesting, because I remember when I first started studying, um, you know, African culture, and they were talking about the, the way that they developed sciences and mathematics and all that other stuff. And everything had to eliminate belief, you know, because belief is subjective. You know, they had to study the stars and the sun and the, you know, the moon and the, you know, they had to study all of those things to figure out patterns of fact. You know, just like if you say women give birth to children, you know, someone can't turn around and say, nope, men give birth to children, you know. Or start clouding and saying, no, but men have, you know, a part in it too, because that's not the point. The point is, if you're stating a fact that physically the woman carries the child and, you know, gives birth to the children, for someone to turn around and start saying, no, but that's offensive to me and blah, blah, blah. Well, at that point, Little Nas put out a video of him being pregnant and stuff. What are you talking about? Little Nas had a video talking about him being pregnant, carrying a child. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that was, you know, it, it worked to his advantage because I guess him giving birth to his album, he achieved the, uh, the media hype that he was looking for and, you know, good for him. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk, let's, let's talk about media for a second, because this is the conversation that me and you had, and I thought it was very interesting and stuff. It's one of the few times that, you know, I actually agree with something you said, because, you know, there's, there, <laughs> you know, so it's it, it, the, the part that I thought was interesting because remember, I, I, everybody remembers the movie The Mummy. You remember The Mummy, right? Yeah. Okay. And it was The Mummy 2 and 3 or whatever. And the first two actually were the best. The last one kind of sucked. But anyway, the, the point being is that unconsciously, a lot of things we watch, we, 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 we take in and then we don't really analyze the information that's being provided. 
And the thing that I thought was very interesting about the whole concept of the, of the mummy, even though it had some stuff that might be true in it, a little factual stuff, it had Inhotep as the evil, wicked person in both of the situations. And so, Lori, we, we, me and you both know, and this is, again, you know, where me and you agree, we both know that Inhotep was somebody a little bit different than portrayed in those movies. Who was he? And and I don't know if if the people who did it know that, but wanted to you know get a name in there, and um, you know, and they just chose to what do you call it, writer's embellishment or whatever the case is. But Imhotep yes. was an Egyptian priest um, to the pharaohs Djoser, and he built the first step pyramid of Saqqara, because even though the great pyramids are um, in Egypt, and most people look at, there were pyramids that were further um, south that were built before then. But Imhotep was an architect and a you know a genius, and he he built the step pyramids of Saqqara um, as a tribute to um, the the king at that time. So to turn that into people hear the name Imhotep and think about the evil, you know, whatever the you know way they cast him in that movie is 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 unfortunate to say the least, because some people may actually now identify that name with something that's so negative and so incorrect that they really will not get the full impact of the greatness of the man in reality. But that's, that's, uh, that's media. We had, we had um, Liz Taylor as Cleopatra. So <laughs> I guess, I guess anything goes. You, you didn't believe that? There's a lot of things I didn't believe. <laughs> I can give you a list in the media, you know, and, uh, you know, the movies and, you know, all these things that uh, just are incorrect when you get into the facts and the proven facts, I might say. But, you know, that gets back to what we were saying before about if people want to believe or they want to embellish. Well, you know, is to it make in, things, in hope that sounds like he's a hidden figure then? <laughs> you mean like the movie, the hidden figure? <laughs> There, there are quite a few people in the history of people of color. That wow, you're not as slow yet. as I thought you were, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> quite a few people who haven't gotten their uh, story correctly told, you know, and that's becoming more and more um, prevalent. Well, look, I, I hope you're not going to start talking about critical race theory. Well, <laughs> Well, I'm I'm talking about misinformation, and if you do talk about misinformation, then you'd have to bring that in. But you know, it's it's interesting that that history in general just is not taught correctly, and until it is, it's probably going to be to everyone's detriment because you know knowledge should be for knowledge's sake. You should want to learn facts and historical references, no matter how it affects you. And again, putting aside beliefs, just to know things, to know things. And, you know, the, the argument that's going on now with critical race theory is interesting because it's, you know, there have been people talking about these things for years, just like um, Dr. Michelle Alexander was talking about the prison industrial complex for years. And then it wasn't until, you know, um, jails started getting overcrowded and financially it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't uh, working out that all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, maybe we should be a little bit more lax about these laws on, you know, um, nonviolent crimes, or maybe marijuana shouldn't be illegal and people shouldn't have gone to jail for a joint. 
you know, all these things, all of a sudden people start realizing that it makes sense. And it's the same thing with critical race theory. It's, it's something that has existed with statistics for a very long time. And there are people in the industry, lawyers and, and judges and other people who've been able to see that it's institutionalized, you know, that there are certain things that are institutionalized racism that have to be addressed and be addressed, you know, whether it's changing laws or things of that nature. And you know what Candace Owens would say to you? You know what Candace Owens would say right now? Lori, you're not a size zero. You're, you're a full circus. Yeah. Well, I was going to answer your question about do I know what Candace Owens would say with uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a sideshow, but you're a full circus. Yeah. <laughs> a full circus of uh, enlightenment because, you know, it's just, you know, there, there are too many things in history and there are too many factual situations where they've looked at, you know, the disparities between the way people of color are treated within the, in, in, in various situations. You know, you, I believe years ago, you sent me this thing about um, a brother that was talking about the disparity with the way people of color are treated in the medical profession. You know, that they think that people of color have more of a um, tolerance for pain and they're less believed when they complain about certain illnesses. And I, I remember Serena Williams, was saying that she had to kind of advocate for herself because when she was having her child, she was having some symptoms that they were kind of, you know, poo-pooing and she almost died. You know, so there are things that have happened in terms of people of color not being believed when there's enough factual information to, to prove that they should be listened to and critical race theory is trying to address that. And I think it should be addressed. Well, what about the, the, this this black national anthem thing? What about that? What about you know you and Bill Maher are on the same page, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> not exactly. Yeah, and and one of the things that bothers me about the Bill Maher situation is I've watched him for years, and he appears to be an intelligent individual who's been informed. Not you know you may not always agree with his point, but he's always been informed about the topics that he discusses, and. To hear him on a recent show mention that, well, you know, I'm not against critical race theory, but I just don't want people telling, blaming me for things that, you know, um, my ancestors may have done, you know, because it's not my fault type thing. When that has nothing to do with cri what critical race theory is. Well, this is what he said. If, if, you, if you have two anthems, why not three or five? Why not a woman's anthem, a Latino anthem, a gay, trans, indigenous peoples, an Asian, a Pacific Islander anthem? Well, you know what I think it is? I think when you don't want to address the point, you make, you, you basically make stuff up. <laughs> and the whole, if, if you want to know why people of, of color even created the Black National Anthem, you could listen to any number of people who've explained why the, the current National Anthem is offensive to them. You know, they'll explain, you know, phrases in there that, that don't apply to us. They'll explain, explain that some of the, the documents that um, were written during that time did not have any consideration for uh, Black people at that time. And for them, it's just like the, the Pledge of Allegiance. When some people said, look, I don't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance because I'm from a different religion or I'm from a different belief. It doesn't make me, uh, I don't identify with it. So why should I have to say it's the same situation. 
And he said, that, and if he people said can't understand that, it's step. probably because they don't want to. He said he is not out of step, believing in separate but equal. Uh, after 67 years after the, the Supreme Court decision was handed down, doesn't make any sense. And having two anthems is believing in a separate but uh, equal principle. Well, you know, the problem I have with that is um, I think that every time people of color try and do anything to empower themselves, and that includes these decades long drives to try and get black history um, or um, African history into the school system and people immediately are up in arms. No, no, that's divisive and blah, blah, blah. It just does. It's, it's an automatic reaction, whether it's fear of situations coming to light that you're not comfortable addressing or it's just that you don't want you know we can talk about my history but we can't talk about your history whatever the reason is it's just that people don't want to address it so they start picking out stuff that they you know they the unrelated stuff i think he even made a comment during one of his his shows about oh well congratulations by singing these two anthems you've gone back to 1950s mississippi or something like 1948. that which is totally missing the point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally missing the point that there are people telling you, one, what you're asking me to sing is offensive to me, and I can point out to you why. So even if you turn around and say, okay, uh, I still don't get it. You know, if I turn around and say, but you know what, this empowers me, or this makes me feel good, or this is something I can identify with, and then you still turn around and say, no, I don't think you should do that because that makes me feel bad. That's probably, you know, pretty much the basis of racism. Okay, so Lift Every Voice and Sing was written by Rosamond Johnson and James Weldon Johnson. And um, the lyrics are like just like the first stanza, lift every voice and sing to the earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty, let, let our rejoicing rise. High as the listening skies, let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Now, one of the funny things about it is, right, you know, Lori, can you tell me what the next chorus is? Do you know it? I tr- I'm trying to block it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so the, this is Lift Every Voice and Sing. So do you even know the, the, the next chorus? And dude, that's most Black people know the next chorus, right? Most people don't. Most Black people don't know, even know this song. I remember that when we got to this particular verse at Rolling Seas, people were humming the rest of the words. And so this is this is one of one of these black conservatives is saying hey, you don't even know the words the words that you're complaining about having somebody to sing you don't even know it. Yeah, but what the point is not whether or not people know the words or whether or not, you know, the the point is that if people are doing things that empower them or things that they think even if they think it equalizes the hurt or the offensiveness that they they have experienced in the past that should be dignified. You know, we shouldn't even, you know, the reason why I'm saying I'm trying to block it out of my mind is we shouldn't even have to be arguing about this. You know, Carter G. Woodson had a, a, a saying where he said, he said, um, every man has two educations, that which is given to him and that which he gives to himself. When someone else is trying to tell you how you should feel about your own empowerment, there's something wrong there. There's something wrong with them doing it and there's something wrong with you listening. Because if you're explaining to someone that there is a reason this 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 makes you feel um, you this redeems 
the whole process of an anthem of, of so, sorts. You know, like, okay, I'm not gonna tell you not to sing your anthem, but I'm gonna tell you that I need to have something that I can identify with and you still have a problem with it. That's a little bit of, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of uh, privilege. Larry Elder would say, here we go with left leaning Lori. Yeah, well, I guess I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> if it comes from him or Candace Owens, I'll take it. Because <laughs> there's very few things they could say to me that I would find uh, insulting. You know, when you're leaning towards a situation that they don't agree with, because very few things that they say, in my opinion, warrant merit. And, okay. and again, if you're going to get into the whole, okay, but how come you can't sing the whole Black National Anthem? That has nothing to do with the reason why people either created it or, um, you know, why it was created or why people um, took it on to be the Black National Anthem. Whatever the reason is, should be at least dignified with the respect that it deserves. Not argued about, okay, well, I think you're back in 1950s Mississippi. How can someone else tell you that you're back into a, a period of oppression that they've never experienced? Lori, not 1950, 1948. Get it right. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, let's go even further back. <laughs> it's like, you know, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about in my head, I'm hearing um, the uh, Cypress Hill song where he says, how do you know where I'm at when you haven't been where I've been? Understand where I'm coming from? <laughs> There's, there's a lot of uh, deep messages that, you know, I, you know, unfortunately, I think we just have to disregard certain things, because like I said, if you don't know why people are saying or doing things, it could be to protect their own psyche. It could be because they just don't agree with you or, you know, like the Larry Elders and the Shelby Steels and the Candace Owens. It could be people who just have such whatever uh, opposite viewpoint that there's no reaching them and you shouldn't even spend your energy trying. Well, what about but Sage it comes what about what? What about Sage still? She has some interesting opinions and stuff about President Obama and about the vaccine and stuff. We haven't mentioned anything about that. Sage still, who's a, a person that I don't know if we can say of color because I don't know how she self-identifies. Yeah, well, she obviously didn't learn from that other sister that um, that got suspended and she wasn't even saying anything wrong. It's about <laughs> Jamel Hill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently you don't realize that you don't have the license to speak freely, you know, when you're a part of a situation where your opinion can now be projected onto the, you know, the place that's given you fame. Well, but, I mean, um, for what part did she, what part did she say anything wrong about? She she talking about President Obama and uh um him identifying as being black instead of white. And then made a, a quip comment about how uh, daddy, his daddy wasn't around. And then she talked about how she didn't want to mentor women. They were dressed a certain way, it's, it's whatever. And, and women know how they look when they leave the house. Or she thought that it, he was being forced to take the mandate and that, you know, of course, they would, this would happen because Disney is a corporate, you know, worldwide entity. So for what did she get suspended for? Well, you know, the, the comment, the, the first comment, the comment about uh, President Obama was totally out of line, totally. And I'm Why? hoping that she knows that, too, because if, if an individual um, is of mixed heritage, it doesn't matter whether or not their father was present 
are not present. We're, we're talking about being of mixed heritage. And that's, first of all, it's a sensitive topic for many people who've discussed it, you know, whether it's Mariah Carey or, or, um, or Halle Berry or, all, or other people, because they've experienced things in their life, whether it's not being accepted by certain groups or, you know, there's certain things that they've experienced that have made it difficult for them, where it's, it's not your place to now start making general broad statements about how somebody should perceive their heritage. So if President Obama's father wasn't around or whether, whether he was or he wasn't around, for you to point that out is extremely poor taste. And why is it, and here you go, the, the go I learned from you, Jones, here we go. And why is it any of your business? <laughs> exactly, how does that affect you? You know, but I mean, and, and you know, it's funny because I watched recently, I watched um, Dick Gregory's, uh, Dick Gregory's life um, documentary, and you know they were talking about how he was mentioning you know that during the time later in life when he was a little bit more, I guess what people were saying, belligerent. You know where he was just saying whatever was on his mind because he was older, and they said they might have been in the beginning of his Alzheimer's. But he was on a panel and he said, "You know what's wrong with you all?" You know he basically I'm paraphrasing, but you know what's wrong with you all? He said, "You all went and gave President Clinton an honorary black card." And then President Obama came along. You told him he wasn't black enough, <laughs> and that's so in line with the quick wit of Dick Gregory that you know you can't deny the fact that for anyone to sit up there and now start trying to divide not people but divide within the same person who they're supposed to identify with is is kind of out of line. The comment she made about what women are wearing. She may have a valid point and she may be able to school some people as to what you should wear and what you shouldn't wear. Because I, I think there was a, um, uh, during the, right after COVID was, was getting a little bit better, they had some sort of a job fair where they're trying to get people to come. And, and I think they, they reported that they had to send 50% of the people home because they were supposed to be going on mock interviews and some of them were going to really have businesses there. And they had to send 50% of the people home because they weren't wearing something that was appropriate for an interview. So I get her point, but there's probably a better way of saying it. You know, there are some people who really may not know that what they're wearing is too suggestive or, you know, not appropriate or, you know, shorts don't go on an interview, you know, that kind of thing. But there's probably a better way of saying it. And if she doesn't have a better way of saying it, then maybe she shouldn't be saying it on air. Well, she's not. She's suspended. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, now she's not. But I'm saying when she was doing the interview or, you know, whatever the case is. And then, you know, and, and you and I talked about the the situation with, with Disney. You know, there's uh, it, uh, back to what we talked about before. There are certain things that go on in the corporate um, world that, you know, whether it's liability or whether it's PR or whether it's, there's certain things that you can't do. I mean, John Oliver has this whole thing with AT&T where he calls it my calls it his um, business daddy, you know, when he makes fun of them over a position that they've taken over something that he's debating, you know, he'll say, oh, but the business daddy says so-and-so, you know, and it's humor. But if she's going to come and say something um, on the network that is the parent company that, of the company she works for, then she's learning a valuable lesson in, in business that there are certain things that, you know, are better left unsaid. Well, I mean, you and you and you can look at the situation again with um, just talking about John Oliver. 
I wonder what he has to say about AT&T and them is coming out in court that they helped fund this right wing media network. And then they were deeply involved with that. It came out in court papers. So I think that that is even interesting. Yeah. I mean, he, he even was talking recently about the fact that AT&T, when everyone was making the statement about the Texas abortion law, you know, being passed. And he said AT&T made a statement that we're not going to say, you know, we're, we declined to make a comment or whatever. And he said, well, by declining to make a comment, you're making a comment, you know, and, and, and that's, that's because of the, the context that he's making in terms of, okay, I'm acknowledging the fact that you're paying my check, but, you know, in his form of humor, he's still calling them out in terms of that something needs to be done. But again, we're also talking about um, latitude that some people may have that other people may not have. And that could be a whole different show. <laughs> Let's talk about a viral video that I shared with you and stuff. And I wanna, I, I wanna get, you, get your opinion about it because it was a viral video of a woman closing her door. What happened, Jones? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was scary. That what was, was scary? Extreme. It was scary because she was followed into her building and, you know, happened to get into her door right before someone ran up on her, you know, with whatever intentions they had. You know, I don't know if it was intentions for burglary or, you know, bodily harm or rape or whatever the case is. But that's 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 pretty scary because her timing, you know, the shutting of the door was seconds before he got to the door and you don't know what could have happened. And, and the thing that was interesting about it, you made some comments off air about that whole situation in terms of the responsibility of the people in that building. Well, the building, I think the next day when the media came, the front door the was still locked, unlocked. People to you know, so it was apparently a broken front door. And I believe they said she wasn't aware that he was following her until I guess when he started running up on her. Because you see when she was walking down, she didn't, she didn't...